0: On a stiflingly hot July Manitoba day, 29 years ago, I watched my father-in-law and my bride come down the aisle of the church toward me. We were so young and so naive, I still had most of my hair, and and did I mention that it was hot? My poor bride, in in front of everyone at the reception, stands up to thank people for coming, and she says, thank you for enduring the heat with us, it's so hot today I can barely wait to get out of my wedding dress, and everybody laughed, except maybe her father, (laughs) We thought we had it all. We thought we knew everything. We thought that love would see us through everything. We were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Oh, we just We stood there in front of friends and family as this young couple, and we made lasting promises to each other. And my vow to Elaine went something like this. I solemnly commit myself before God and these witnesses to take you as my lawful wedded wife. To love and respect you, to have you and to hold you, to honor you and cherish you in health and in sickness, in prosperity and in adversity, and forsaking everyone else, to keep myself faithful only to you until death parts us. Like, I said that. I made that promise to her, and we were so young. She was 20, and I was 22, and there we were, signing away the rest of our lives. Who knew the road that God had for us? Who who knew the highs and the lows that our relationship would be? Who knew about those moments when our love for each other would be so deep and so profound that it defied description? Description? It was was a beautiful thing that couldn't even be explained. Who knew we would have those moments that would be so difficult and so hard that we weren't even sure that we were going to last the day, let alone create a lifetime love. Our marriage has been so strong and so fragile, sometimes at the same time. And one thing that we are still learning and that I want to share with you this morning is the truth of 1 Corinthians splashes on our hearts like confetti at a wedding. It is this truth. Love lasts forever. Love lasts forever. We don't always experience that or see that. In our lives, we've all had loves that have not lasted forever. We've had loves that have come and gone, and yet it is true nevertheless. Love lasts forever. And we've been unpacking this oh-so-familiar passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, for four weeks. And it's been so profound for us. In, in, in week one, God's Holy Spirit um, spoke to us and, and, and we realized that, that there's a best way to live this life. And love is the best way. And then God's Spirit challenged us that in that love for each other, we need to be practicing patience and kindness with each other. In all of our relationships, but particularly in our marriage relationship. In week two, the Holy Spirit highlighted our natural selfishness. The fact that we like to be right. We like to win. And the Holy Spirit encouraged us to not have that approach with our spouses. To realize that love does not demand its own way. Considering others ahead of ourselves is difficult. In all our relationships... And especially in a marriage. Week three found us dodging potatoes. And, and the lesson that we learned there was that this, this true love that we have, it, it, it doesn't get angry and it doesn't keep score. And so whether we're a potato thrower or a potato store, we need to learn how not to do that. And how to speak the truth in love to one another so some of the lessons that we've been looking at from this passage of Scripture, this morning's lesson is perhaps the most profound and perhaps the most difficult. True love is always found in the context of an enduring relationship. Love lasts forever. Now, how many of you can think of a relationship that you've had, that that you thought had that foundation of love, that you thought was going to last forever, and it didn't, right? We all have that brokenness in our lives. We all have people who have come and gone. We have people who have checked into our lives who we thought were going to be there, and then they disappeared on us. And maybe we've done that to some people as well. I am the villain. In someone else's story, and so we've all had those loves that haven't lasted, and, and occasionally God brings one of those back round again, and that's kind of always interesting, particularly when there's all this work that needs to be done of forgiveness and reconciliation and all that kind of things. But God loves to do that. Relationships can be difficult, but when we navigate those relationships with love as our compass and God as our guide, God is capable of doing some pretty amazing things, miracles. And sometimes we see that even in marriages where God takes two sinful, selfish people and he just slowly brings them back together again, back to wholeness again, back to forgiveness again, back to healing again. And we see the truth in those moments that love is always found in the context of enduring relationships. Now, some of you have that kind of a relationship with a friend of yours, right? Like, some of you have friendships that go right back to like the dawn of time, and great school, you guys got into hijinks together, and and you've been friends forever, and and those are great relationships, those are great friendships, those are things that we want to cherish and celebrate and, and love that idea. Friendships like that are so rare and so precious that we need to build more of those in our lives, And it's true. Even in those friendships, we see this truth. The true love is always found in the context of an enduring relationship. Your friendship with that other person has moved deep. And even if it might be uncomfortable to call it love, especially for some of you guys, that's what it is. King David learns that his best friend, Jonathan, has passed away, has has died and they had such an incredible friendship, such a deep love for each other, that David actually writes a song about it. And this is what he says about his friend Jonathan. He says, Oh, how much I loved you, and your love for me was deep, deeper than the love of women. 2 Samuel one twenty It is a friendship, a love of so deep and so pure that Many people can't even fathom it. They've never experienced that kind of friendship themselves and they don't understand it and they feel the need to turn it into something that it certainly was not. And for those of you who are not married, I want to encourage you to practice a love like David and Jonathan have, to find one or two of those lifetime relationships and cultivate that depth in that relationship because true love is always found in the context of an enduring relationship. True love is always found in that place. Love lasts forever. And you know, some of you have that kind of relationship with a sibling. And for those of us that are parents, we always hope that, right? When we're, we're taking our two kids and we're just dragging them apart from each other because all they're doing is beating on each other and hating each other and fighting each other, we hope that they develop that kind of sibling relationship. You're always going to have your brother so treat them right and become friends and figure that out, figure that out together. And and, and so we, we see that. when my wife, uh, my wife is actually out in Manitoba right now. And when she came to me and said, I, I want to go to Manitoba, like she's visiting her mom and her dad and she loves them, don't get me wrong. She's visiting her brother and her sister-in-law and she loves them. And, and she's visiting some friends of hers, one of her friends that she's been friends with since 15 years old. But when Elaine came to me, and said I want to go to Manitoba she didn't say I want to go to Manitoba she said I need to go see my sister see Elvira and Elaine have this relationship this love that is so deep and so incredible sisters it honors God it is a solid trust and a profound connection to each other it is is true love what El and Elaine have and true love is always found in the context of an enduring relationship Love lasts forever. And yet I am so aware as a pastor of how that truth can sometimes feel so hurtful to those of you that are not experiencing it right now. In your marriage, there are some of you who are not going through that, not feeling that in your relationship with your husband or your wife. You have grown distant from each other. The promises that, that you made to each other so many years ago, that, that heady rush of infatuation, the courtship, the vows that you made when you were young and foolish, they no longer resonate with you. And hearing this truth that love lasts forever, maybe maybe it hurts and this whole COVID thing, this, this isolation, this confinement in an enclosed space with the person that drives you so crazy, it's made things worse. It's made the problems seem even bigger than, than you thought they were before. It's highlighted some of the issues that you've been sweeping under the carpet for years. And maybe, maybe you're at that place right now where you're looking at each other and you're not sure that it's worth it. Maybe you're thinking of ending your marriage. Please hear this. <laughs> Divorce is incredibly costly. Counseling is always cheaper than divorce. Even here in Canada, an uncontested divorce can cost you in the range of about 10 grand in legal fees alone. If you wind up in court contesting it, that's going to be upwards of 50 grand and plus. Then there's two households now instead of one so you're looking at 40 to 70 grand extra per year for that. So so really when you think about it from a financial point of view, if money matters to you, then investing a few hundred dollars in good counsel that will help you and your wife work through your issues, help you and your husband fall in love again, that is an incredible investment into the rest of your lives together. There's no better way to invest your money. Maybe it's not money, maybe Maybe it's the sex thing and that other person. Like that person that, that, that says all those things about you. That person whose eyes light up when you walk into the room. That, that person who notices when you cut your hair or when you're wearing nice shoes. Like it's so, all, all the compliments and all the things that that person is giving you that you're not getting from your spouse and it, it can be so tempting. I understand that. Please understand and hear this though. Adultery. Adultery is a death. It is a sin that leads to a death. And as tempting as it might be, please understand that 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 pathway is a pathway to death, the death of your relationship. You see, you can't find love in a relationship that doesn't endure. You you can't find it in a one-night stand. God has designed this world So that true love is always found in the context of an enduring relationship. So delight yourself in the spouse of your youth and don't look over the fence. Don't look over the fence. You'll squander true love. This is the kind of love that God shows to us. This is the kind of way God loves us. The perfect, pure, holy God who never sins, never makes mistakes, is right in all that he does, has this enduring commitment, this enduring relationship with sinful, fallen, broken human beings like you and I. The Bible says God loves the world so much that he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's permanence. That's endurance. That is the love that lasts, not just for a lifetime. God's love lasts forever. God's love for us, permanently. Colossians 3.12, God chose you to be the holy people that he loves. 1 Chronicles 16.34, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Nehemiah nine seventeen. you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry, and rich in unfailing love. Matthew 28, 20, the words of Jesus, the promise of Jesus, no matter where you go in life, no matter what you face, be sure of this. This is a promise that I'm giving to you. I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. Hebrews thirteen five. God has said, I'll never fail you. I will never abandon you. You see, God's love for you endures forever and ever and ever. That's that's what we're saying about. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is true. Forever God is with us. Forever. He's not going anywhere. He's showing you his love in the context of an enduring commitment to you. A lasting relationship with you. Deuteronomy 31.6, Joshua 1.5, Isaiah 41.10, Deuteronomy 4.31, Psalm 118, verse 6, Romans 8.28. The pages of our Bible are literally saturated with the love that God has for his people. For you and for me. I could spend the entire half hour of our sermon just reading you scripture after scripture after scripture about God's enduring love for you. So listen to me now. Because you have experienced that kind of love in your life, because God loves you that much, please allow him to work that love through you toward your spouse if there's even one spark left underneath all of the smoldering charcoal, all the pile of rubble in your marriage, if there is even one tiny little spark of love that is left, in spite of all of those other things, the bitterness, the words that cannot be unspoken, the betrayals of trust, the unforgiveness, the selfishness, if there's any hope at all, please, please fight for your marriage. It's worth it. The Scripture gives us all sorts of legitimate reasons why a covenant of marriage might end. Some of you have had the covenant of marriage end with the death of your spouse. 1 Corinthians 7.39 says that when one of you dies, the covenant is finished. Jesus says that adultery is such a horrific betrayal, Matthew 5.32, that it can end a marriage. It doesn't have to. I've seen marriages that have worked through that pain and, and survived and grown deeper in spite of the sin of adultery and the pain of adultery. But Jesus says it it can. And in 1 Corinthians 7.15, Paul says abandonment by an unbelieving spouse can also end a marriage. And again, it, it doesn't have to. I have seen people who are believers live with their unbeliever spouse for years and and, and extend love when it's not returned for years until God's love slowly starts to soften that heart and makes a change. It can end a marriage, but it doesn't have to. I would add to those three things as well. Continuous, unrepentant physical abuse. It can end a marriage. Please, do not stay in a place where you are not safe. Get out and get help. And once you get out and get some help, then you can analyze, then then you can see your marriage may still endure, but only if that abusive spouse gets some help and ends that behavior. So I'm not saying that the covenant of marriage can't legitimately end. It can But what I'm saying is, don't make that your go-to response. Don't don't jump to that automatically or easily. Don't even put it on the table as an option. Don't let that be your go-to response. Wherever possible, fight for your marriage. Get through this difficult season of your relationship together with God's help, with godly counsel. Stick it out and work it out because true love is always found in the context of an enduring relationship. And who knows what God might have in store for you five years from now, 10 years from now, 40 years from now, if you just work through this incredibly difficult time that you're going through right now. True love is always found in the context of an enduring relationship. Love lasts forever. Now, I want to do something a little unusual, unique, as we close off this sermon series from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, to have and to hold. Uh, the Bible says that without vision, the people perish. And so I want to paint a picture for you. I want to inspire you in your own marriage. I want you to get, to get you thinking about the, the stuff that might lie on the other side of this difficult season that you're going through right now. I, I want to give you a vision, or maybe four visions, of what your marriage might look like. Might become one day so I've asked several people in our congregation to share a little bit about themselves and their marriage with you I chose four marriages eight people between them these four marriages these eight people they have 460 years of experience in marriage they're worth listening to so as you listen to them Please see this. Please see that even the best marriages have moments of great difficulty, but see that enduring promise, that rash vow that we make to each other when we are young and naive, that commitment that we enter into with another broken, fallen human being. Please see how God delights in honoring that commitment. God is a miracle worker. And when it comes to a marriage, something that he designed, something he created, God loves to see two sinful, broken people come together in wholeness and healing and oneness, finding a love that lasts. That's what he's created. That's what he wants to create in your marriage. True love that is found in the context of an enduring relationship. Love lasts forever. So let's take a moment and, and, and just catch a fresh vision for our own marriages by listening to the stories of four married couples.